Welcome back, Brady Farkas Show right here, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. This time, every single Wednesday, we bring on our guy, ESPN Radio host, Freddie Coleman. You can check him out 9 p.m. tonight on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Freddie, how are you, man? I'm good, brother Brady. How's everything with you? Everything is good because the Celtics are finally playing like they're supposed to play. They're 18 and 17. They've won three games in a row. They beat the Clippers last night. Should I be as excited as I am about a win over the Kawhi Leonard list Clippers? You should be excited anytime you have a chance to have a win, especially when it seemed that this team was going through a lot of not just physical stuff, but also mental stuff because I still wanted the Boston Celtics to try to figure out who should be the dude that has to get everybody in line, especially yeah. with Marcus Smart being out. I think a big part of that is what we've seen from Kimball Walker in the last nine games, averaging over 22 points a game, close to five assists a game. Kimball Walker can do it in a different kind of way to get guys in line. And I wonder how much of that has gone on behind the scenes that we're never going to know about because he has such great respect and great credibility in that locker room. So as much as we want to put it on Brad Stevens, and it's amazing, Brady, how that chatter has really stopped off Brad Stevens should be fired and Brad Stevens lost his basketball team. This basketball team's been able to find themselves, I believe, because guys have been able to look in the mirror and hold themselves more accountable than what we had seen before this recent stretch of great basketball by the Boston Celtics. I was so impressed last night with Kemba, who had 20-plus points again last night, shot it better from deep, but also with the youngster, 23-year-old Robert Williams, who almost played a career high in minutes. He played 22 minutes last night. He had double-digit points. He had eight rebounds, and he was just an imposing figure around the rim. Freddie, I thought the big guy was dying out in the NBA. The big guy still has enough of value, especially when you have to understand your role. I think between Williams and Tice, they really understand what they're supposed to do. These screen setters, not hurt the offense, protect the rim. You can still have a big man that can make some plays. It doesn't just have to be a big man that can be a stretch five or a stretch four. There still is a place for a big man in the NBA. But you have to be the right team. You have to have the confidence that that team is going to believe that when they put you out there, that if somebody decides to go small, you can punish them at both ends of the floor. So, I've got I've, not, I've got used to the idea that I know everybody loves shooting the three or getting to the rim and having a dunk and all that other stuff. But when you have a big man that can keep you from getting the shots that you want and everybody knows it, and he's a threat on the inside, you have to honor him. There's always going to be a place for that guy, especially if a coach, any coach, can employ that strategy and use it effectively. You know, Freddie, this is going to be a radical idea, and you may laugh at me, but I'm watching that game last night between the Celtics and Clippers, and the Clippers are shooting you know, 60% at one point, and the Cs are over 50%. And I'm starting to think to myself, should the sport of basketball evolve to the point where we got to move the three-point line back? Look, I like offense. I don't want the game to be 81-79, to 79, but it feels like the players have gotten so good offensively that we should make it a little more difficult. I was even wondering in the NFL if we should make it 12 yards to get a first down now instead of 10 when we were having an offensive boon there. Am I crazy? I think you're crazy in the NFL because it's hard to get 10 yards. And I know that a lot of people look at the passing game and everything like that, but it is still hard to get 10 yards, especially with defense, get the ball to quarterback's hands, and they throw incompletions or interceptions. So three three downs and 10 yards, that's fine in the National Football League. I will say it's about backing up the three-point line. If you think it's more pace and space now with the three-point line where it is, move the three-point line back three feet. The guy's just going to shoot from 30 feet out because we see that anyway yeah. from the Damian Lillard of the world and the Steph Curry's of the world and also the Trey Young's of the world. So something like that, you think that there's space now where you're always worried about the three-point line, Brady, and defending that, and then guys show the ball and they use the escape dribble to get a better three-point shot or get a closer shot. You move the three-point line back another two to three feet, and believe me, it's going to be complete chaos because guys really going to be dialed up in the half-court line 
trying to make what I call the stuffed animal shots of the carnival, where the kind of shots <laughs> they're taking, you get any stuffed animal the carnival that you want. So I hear what you're saying because it seems that it's the same old, same old three-point shot, dunk, three-point shot, dunk, three-point yeah. shot, a dunk. And I think the NBA has to find a way to make sure that the big man or even the inside game comes back and the inside game is not just a guard getting to the front of the rim and getting those layers or kicking out the open three-point shooters. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio host, with us every single Wednesday at this time with the Radio Farkas Show. You can check him out 9 p.m. tonight with Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Uh, speaking of you know three-point shot and dunks, as you're talking about, Celtics have two players in the three-point contest, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum at All-Star uh, Weekend this year. Are you a three-point contest guy or a dunk contest guy? I've been a three-point contest guy for the longest time because yeah. with the dunk contest, once guys started bringing in props, there's only so much you can do to reinvent the wheel when it comes to dunking. Unless you can have guys jumping out of helicopters and throwing the ball through the hoop, that's the only way the dunk contest is going to evolve. Although I will give Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine credit because when they had their dunk contest, it was imaginative, it was creative, they didn't need a lot of props, they were just doing things out of the sheer genes of their head. So I think a lot of guys have been able to be stagnated by trying to come with something different, and it's really hard to do that, especially when you're putting your body through it. But there's something about a three-point contest where you know how many points a guy's going to need to stay in the competition or to win the competition, and it builds that urgency and it builds that excitement that if somebody's really, really hot, it just turns the arena temperature to a white-hot level. So pretty much for the last 10 to 15 years, I've been more of a three-point shooting contest guy because the art of shooting is still a great art in basketball because you can be this, you can be that. But you can shoot the basketball and you can make shots consistently from the outside. You find yourself getting that NBA pension a lot better than anybody could have anticipated. I mean, look at J.J. Redick. Maybe you thought he would not last a year or two in the NBA, but his ability to make shots in the outside and get free to make those kind of shots, he has been a valued member no matter where he's been, especially in the NBA the last five to six years. Yeah, I, I love the three-point contest. I've loved it probably about the same time, 10 to 15 years or so um, as well. So, but did do, And I look forward to seeing Tatum and Brown in it in the next couple of days as well, see if one of the Celtics can bring it home. Move over to the Patriots. Interesting stuff last night from Tom Brady on the uh, Late Late Show with James yeah. Corden. He said that the lowered expectations in Tampa were something that he enjoyed, basically. Uh, what did you, What was your overall takeaway from those comments? My take when I heard about that was that he didn't have to worry about Bill Belichick just being over his shoulder, just bugging the living daylights out of him anymore because Tom Brady, I don't remember him having this much fun or looking like he had this much fun in football in a long, long time. Just to see the joy on his face, not just with a new team, but just with a new environment from that standpoint. Can you recall Brady the last time he saw him smile this much? And it was probably the first time they won a Super Bowl where he came out of nowhere, the Patriots, and they upset the St. Louis Rams in that Super Bowl to win that ball game in the field goal by Adam Vinatieri. Yeah. And he had his head on his hand, his hands on his head, and he was just shaking his head from side to side with a big smile saying, I can't believe that we're here. We saw the same thing from Tom Brady this year at Tampa Bay, especially when they got it going and had that great playoff run. I think it's just a collective breathing relief when it comes to him saying as much as he respects Bill Belichick, and he loved playing for the New England Patriots and that organization. Not just having dear old dad over your shoulder where you get 99 in your report card. He says, what happened to the 100? I think Tom Brady was really glad that a 99 was completely fine with Bruce Arians, who probably looked at him and said, I'll take a 92 because that works for me too. It just felt like he was just completely just relieved to just go out and play football and not have to worry about either being made an example because Bill Belichick wants to treat everybody the same way and there's no superstar system there. And Tom Brady is going to have just relaxing playing football once again. You know, Freddie, we're two months away removed from the Patriots uh, 
last game of the year in that win over the Jets, and it's finally hit me. I have determined that Patriots fans and Patriots media members just want anybody but Cam to play quarterback. Look, I like Cam. I'd welcome Cam back. I think Cam would be better given, you know, in a more normal offseason. But, you know, Alex Smith, Marcus Mariota, it's just anybody but Cam. I'm a little bit tired of it, Freddie. Well, I don't blame you because if you're the Patriots, if you're really going to go forward post-Tom Brady, you have to find somebody that's not a retread in this situation. And let's be honest, Brady, if Bill Belichick had his way, Jimmy Garoppolo would be his starting quarterback yeah. because that's the guy he wanted. But Robert Kraft and Tom Brady said, hey, Bill, a word, and they want to winning that battle as far as that goes. And I don't find it surprising that the Patriots are inquiring about quarterbacks in the first round. For the first time in his NFL life, Bill Belichick has to find a playmaker at quarterback and find a playmaker all over the place in terms of his offense. He can't just have old number 12 override those mistakes and those transgressions that they were able to have, but Tom Brady was back there to override those kind of things. Now Bill Belichick has to find a guy at quarterback. It can't be somebody that he hopes will be the guy when it comes to Cam Newton or that he can jump into the um, jump into the wayback machine and think he's going to go back to circa 2014-2015 when Cam Newton was one of the best players in the National Football League. If you believe that you can go forward and make it better at the time, Brady, or at least get to that level once again, then you got to go out and find a quarterback. Whether that means drafting Mac Jones out of Alabama or maybe even Trey Lance out of North Dakota State or maybe trying to find a way to get Jimmy Garoppolo back. Whoever that person is going to be, it can't be a retread. It can't be an older quarterback. And because right now the current Patriots starting quarterback in 2021 is not on their roster. He better go out and get that guy because if he can't find that guy, then it's going to be 7-9 and nine all over again involving the Patriots coming up in 2021. Freddie, I'll get you out of here on this. I don't expect you to be the America East basketball expert, so you know you may be picking blind out of a hat here, but America East semifinals this weekend, Saturday at 4, our guys, University of Vermont, or your guys, the University at Hartford? Oh, I'm a UVM guy because – Coach Becker is a tremendous head coach. I love everything he's been able to do with that program. So UVM has that tournament experience because they have that coaching staff. And I know Harvard had a nice victory over Albany when they were able to win in the quarterfinals. But UVM is that team. And we all remember when UMBC beat them. And everybody yeah. was surprised. And then UMBC wound a shocking number one Virginia at 16-T beating a one seed. But, yeah, UVM, this is UVM's conference. There's no doubt about that. They've been able to establish that. And Harvard's had a nice building of their program but I can't see anybody beating UVM. I think they went out and get to the NCAA tournament once again. That's what we like to hear. Look at you, polished up on your America East knowledge. Just don't show your face in Hartford anytime soon. So, Freddie, man. We... Well, 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 that's not my school, so I don't really worry about having any faith in them. And not for nothing, the team I thought could have beat UVM lost this past week, and that was New Hampshire. I thought that was the one team that could possibly take them down if they met in the American East tournament, American East tournament. But by them losing, I don't think anybody scares UBM other than New Hampshire, a team that really gave them a lot of battle so far in the last couple of years. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Saturday at 4, Patrick Jim, a fanless America East semifinal. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie, tonight, 9 p.m., look forward to hearing you and your takes with Ian Fitzsimmons, and uh, can't wait to talk to you next week. Sounds good, Brady. Continue to be safe and be well, my friend, and you take care.